Hey, thanks for joining me today at the Faith Film Fan Podcast, your one-stop shop to find the latest and greatest in all the greatest faith films. And uh, today we're talking about a film called The Shift. It's going to be in theaters December 1. And I'm speaking today with the writer and director of The Shift, Brock Heasley. Brock, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Rick. Glad to be here. Good to have you here. So uh, where are you? Are you in California right now? I am in California. Yeah, I'm based out of uh, Central California, which is about as far away from Hollywood as you can get there without actually leaving California. Without, okay, <laughs> awesome. I noticed on your website, there's some funny stuff there. You said from 1996 to 98, you served as a Spanish-speaking missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but speak mm -hmm. terrible Spanish now. Then you go, really? It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that is all very, very true. It, is, it has left me. And then my favorite was you go, you, uh, Brock lives with his wife, three daughters, two dogs, and one cat in California. Brock didn't want another dog, but his girls made a pretty killer PowerPoint presentation, and he didn't want to look like a jerk. <laughs> 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 all true all true they they got me three daughters yes they're science fiction right there i'll tell you it's not how i grew <laughs> up i grew up with three brothers no sisters so uh it's my life is has completely inverted at this point <laughs> fantastic well let's talk about the shift let's talk about that movie i noticed that this was this is an angel studios uh part of their and this has been going on for eight years is that right have i got that right yeah i i have been working on it for eight years yeah so it started off as a short film back in 2015 it was a 20 minute short film first thing i had written and directed called the shift about a guy um you know having basically a job interview with the devil in, in a diner and uh a few years later after it was made uh Angel Studios saw it and they had just started gearing up the chosen at that time and they saw it and they thought it kind of fit, you know, tonally what they were doing. And and even though it was sci-fi and faith and who in the world is sane and mixes those two things up, uh, they thought, you know, there's there might be more here. And I said, There is. I'd love to turn this into a feature film. And they said, Let's go. Uh so here we are five ago. years later. So that five that, years ago that I had that conversation with uh with uh, Angel Studios, and then three years before that was when the short was actually made. And how long was it like a 25 minute short? How long was it? 20 minute was short. 20, 20 minutes. minutes. And yeah. that's on, can, can that, I, I've seen the film, but I have not seen the mm -hmm. short. Is the short on uh, YouTube? Can people see that? Yeah, absolutely. Angel Studios YouTube channel. You can find it right there. Okay. So you can see the short that led to this mm -hmm. film. Short was made eight yep. years ago. If I'm right, $500 budget. Is that right? $500 budget, uh, just, just to feed the crew and, and the cast, uh, who were all friends and volunteers. And it was not a time of great wealth for me. So that was the most <laughs> I could afford to put into it. From and, uh, and they were kind enough to do it. Is this your first, uh, film you've ever written? Yeah. Yeah. The shift is the first film that I've, that I've written and directed as first a film that film. you directed. Yep. So first time writer, first time director, and you're getting mm -hmm. a big theatrical release from a $500 um you know proof of concept piece to yeah. a now multi-million dollar what six millions i don't know what the budget is but uh it's, it's closer to seven at this point yeah seven about a seven million dollar budget yeah. yeah they tend to go yeah. keep going up don't they just keeps going more they do more a little bit more. well and i'll tell you there was a point at which in the recent past when we saw what we had um and angel saw what they had and they were like okay this is this is really good and if we put just a little bit more into it 
we can make it even better. And so we we did do a little bit more polish here here towards the end, um, which was which was really exciting. It was really um, affirming of the work we had done so far, and and definitely elevated it to, to a new level. To that, and that's the one that we're bringing out to the world. So it's it's really been an exciting exciting journey, exciting process. And so you um, funded funded the production through Angel. Is that correct? Well, we we did. Uh, so Angel's model is to present new projects to the crowd for crowdfunding investment, crowdfunded investment. And so it's it's different than a Kickstarter. It's where you're actually asking people to invest into the film, which means that they can get a return if the film is successful. Um, and so we did about four rounds. Actually, now by, by the end of it, we've done five rounds of, of crowdfunding. Uh, where we've invited people to invest for a limited period. And we were able to raise a, a decent portion of the budget um, through crowdfunds. And then, of course, we raised the rest of the money privately. Okay, so you also have private investors as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Are they taking yeah. like the same kind of percentage that Angel takes? Yeah. Everybody's at the same level as far as what they're going to receive like as, 20%, as a twenty percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, like with Angel, I know if I give a hundred bucks in the music movie is successful and makes all makes money, I get one hundred twenty bucks back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Plus, I'm investing in something that I believe in, you know. So, right, and that's and that's the biggest reason we find that people invest in these is because it's not just about the return on money because there are definitely a lot safer bets than movies. Movies are probably one of the worst bets you can make in some ways, you know, as far as like just pure dollars and cents. But uh, but Angel isn't just about the money. It's also about how do we how do we change the culture? How do we get movies out there that and and TV shows that we're excited about that express who uh, more of who we are as people of faith, as people of, of, of that have values. Um, you know, how do we get more of those stories out there? Uh, which isn't to say that I am anti Hollywood. I'm not, I, I love Hollywood and I love so much of the movies uh, that, that come out of it. Not all of them are to my liking and to my taste, but, um, but like everybody else, I, I, I love the, the, the full spectrum of movies, but Angel is basically just saying that, you know, we could use some more stories that amplify light, especially in, in trying times like this. So did you have anyone come in with the script to kind of look at the script, kind of help you along? Or is this something you just kind of did you rock that yourself? I mean, how did you, you know, because as a first time script writer, because I know the right. script, you know, it's got a lot of, it's very detailed. There's a lot of stuff going on in a science mm-hmm. fi, sci-fi world. And I'm not really sure how much Christian films and sci-fi has been out there. So it's kind of, yeah, you're really not, going not on uncharted, you're going on uncharted territory here. So yeah, you know, how, how did you navigate that as a writer? Well, you know, it's it's funny because it is uncharted territory in the sense it doesn't have a lot of precedent. But for me, it makes complete and total sense. Um, I'm a sci-fi fan from way back. And I, my earliest memories are of my dad taking me to sci-fi films and and going to the movie theater and, and him coming home one day and saying, you know, telling me this the name of this movie that I couldn't even understand and saying, hey, Brock, you know, we got to You got to come see Back to the Future with me. You know, like so that's that's all this. That's the stuff that, that I've always gravitated towards. Um, but my faith is, is is also a very vital part of who I am and always has been. And so putting these things together, I mean, as a storyteller, you, you're, you're going to tell the stories that express who you are as a person and, and and about things that are important to you. And these things are important to me. So putting them together in a story, just it always made sense to me. Um, getting people on board and getting people to understand why in the world you would even attempt that, that's been the challenge. But um, but yeah, so the script is something that I wrote. 
Um, but of course, I've, I've, with the partners that I brought on with Angel Studios, even um, there have been many, many, um, you know, rounds of notes and, and people who have weighed in on it. I think by the end, I had 28 different drafts of the of the script before we finally um, started shooting. Um, so it's been, it's been a, yeah, it's been a journey uh, in that sense. And um, uh, yeah, I've been very, very grateful for people who have, who have helped me along the way, because I certainly, as a first time uh, writer and director, um, I am very cognizant of the fact that I do not know everything. And so I have been very careful to bring people on board who are much smarter and much more experienced than I am. And that, that's been very helpful. Thank you to mention too, there was 23 edits of the film, different cuts of the film. Is that right? 23 edits of the film, 28 versions of the script. So I've told this story 51 different ways at this point. Yeah. Do you ever get, cause, cause you've, you've obviously, this has been something in your world now for eight years. Do you yeah. ever feel like you lose focus? You're just, you're just you get so myopic on it and you just, it's, it's like, I've been doing this now for eight years. I'm just kind of lost. It, it, you know, how do you, well, gain, how do you keep perspective? You know, how do you, how do you keep that? Well, as my wife is fond of telling me, I'm a terrible multitasker. So um, give me a, give me a project and I am going to drive it into the ground. The, the, the truth is, is that I'm just really bad at quitting. I'm really, really terrible at it. And uh, once I know that something is is something I'm supposed to do, I'm not going to let it go until it's done. And so um, eight years is a long time mm. and it's been exhausting. And mm. certainly there have been times where I'm like, what, what am I even doing this for? What am I putting myself through this? But uh, I've never lost the drive and determination to take this thing all the way. And um, obviously that, thankfully that wasn't a wasted effort. <laughs> Here we are. So was this, did this exist as a book that you had written, a, a story, or was it just kind of started as a script? So it started actually as a short story that I wrote back in 2006 and put on MySpace of all places. Um, it was just something that just kind of, just this idea had been percolating in my mind of, you know, if there are multiple realities out there, which I don't know if there are or not, it doesn't really matter. But as a as a storytelling device, as, as a piece of science fiction, it's always been fascinating to me. And I just thought how interesting it would be if somebody could move people between realities and with just subtle differences, differences like what if I woke up one morning and um, my wife is asking me about, you know, whether or not I pay the bills last night. And I'm saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember ever even having that conversation. So no, I have not paid the bills. And then she's mad at me now because I didn't do the thing that I said I was going to do. Well, it turns out she was with somebody else entirely the night before, you know, and that we were shifted and and and, and we just had this one tiny difference. Um, and so I, th I thought about that. I thought about what if you could weaponize that? And I thought, what a, what a fantastic way or terrible way to cause chaos and destruction. And what if the devil worked that way? And so mm -hmm. that's kind of where that short story came from. Um, and that was all the way back in 2006. I just wrote it up. It's a really, really, really tiny story. But that's the story that became the short film that then became the feature film. 17 years, man. That's a long yeah. time to think about yeah, one project. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I've been doing some other things too, but yes. So I'm a, a huge, time. I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I've read a, a dozen of the Dune books. I've read, oh, I don't know about eight of the Ender's Games books. And so when I, when I see Dune, right, you know, cause they're, they're mm -hmm. putting multiple books together in a film. You know, I mean, it's, it's so vast. Right. It's so big. There's so much going on and I love the books. Um, but every time I see a movie, a Dune movie, it's just, you know, so hard to make what I'm reading in the book work mm -hmm. on a film, you know, yeah. tell this story 
that is this massive, big, deep story and try to make it make sense in an hour and a half or two hours or whatever. How long, what's the shift running at right now? Is it, is it at two hours? Uh, I think we're at one hour, 55 minutes. So okay. just under two hours. Under two, right under two, which yeah. is, you know, which is a feat in and of itself, you know, just yeah, to get no, it down to me. under two. Um, yeah. But it's always, you know, I, I so many times, you know, I'll, I'll something coming from a book, I'm so disappointed because it's like, wow, there's just so much to tell it's so involved, yeah. it's hard for it to make sense. So what were some of your challenges taking this massive story, this deep story, and trying to get it in, in in an hour and 55 minutes and have it all make sense? What were some of your challenges in doing that? Oh, I'll tell you, that's been one of the biggest challenges of the past year. The first cut came in at two and a half hours. And so for us to get down to where we are now, I mean, that meant killing a lot of babies, which um, for those that are not familiar, I'm not actually murdering small children. Um, it's just a term for when you, uh, you, you just got to take those parts out of the story that are deeply meaningful and important to you as the Leaving writer. Things on the editing and, room floor that, you know, we spent all this money. I had all this, this, this great scene. It was really expensive yeah. and, you know, but we don't need it, you know? Yeah, but we don't. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so it's the difference between the things that I want to see and what I want the audience to experience. And, and that's just a process of just figuring out, okay, is the audience having the experience I want them to have? No, they're not. Okay, great. Let's go back in. What are the things that are messing them up? And then removing those things or enhancing those things. And that's that's and so if if you're if your king is the audience's experience and not, well, this is what I want to see, then you have a shot at making a good movie and telling a good story and being able to cut it down. If you're just going in there and you're just holding on to those precious things because they're just important to you. Okay. Well, that's fair. You can be that type of artist, but if you're trying to make money back for your investors, um, you might want to think about it in a different way. And what I'm really proud of with the shift is that we went through that process. But um, within that, I was able to find a way to a version of the film that contains the nuance and the ideas and the layers and the depth that I have always been fighting for the entire time, but that also gives the audience the experience that I want them to have and gives them a really good time. So they walk out of it um, feeling like their, their time has been well rewarded. We were able in the end to accomplish both things, but I'll tell you, it was a tightrope the whole way through. I mean, it really, really was difficult to, to get to that point. Have you ever thought to yourself, hmm, it would be great if there was one location I could go to to learn about what new Christian movies are coming out and where I could see them and interesting stories and news about the latest films and stuff like that? Well, guess what? There's a place, and it's called, wait for it, faithfilmfan.com. If you like Christian movies and you want us to make more of them, you got to go buy a ticket because they're not cheap. So plan a movie night out at faithfilmfan.com. You can also find this podcast on there as well. Thanks for supporting films that are worth watching at faithfilmfan.com. Well, tell me about the shift. What is the shift? Let's, you know, for my... Uh, for the people who haven't seen the film, tell us a little bit about what you want. What you want us to know about it? Yeah, so the shift is about a man, an ordinary dude. His name is Kevin, and he's having struggles in his marriage. He's having struggles uh, with his job. He's having struggles just with himself as a person, and he is, has an encounter with this mysterious stranger known as the benefactor, who has otherworldly powers. And as a result of that encounter, Kevin ends up banished to a dark, tyrannical, parallel Earth. And where he fights now to get back to the woman that he loves, to get back to his own reality. And and, and having just said that, the next thing I'm going to say is going to make no sense. 
but it's inspired by the book of Job. And when you think about Job and you think about, you know, him being a believer, somebody who already has faith, somebody who is righteous, somebody who has so many things, and all of that is taken away from him. Well, not, not, his, not, not his faith. And that's really the struggle is can Job maintain faith? That's the big question of the book. Can he maintain faith and confidence in God even when he cannot perceive that God is involved? And in fact, his life is just getting worse. And that's very much the journey and the struggle that Kevin has through this film, where he does have a profound experience early on that demonstrates to him the goodness and mercy and reality of God. And then he is just dumped. <laughs> he is just left on his own. And he's got to figure out, what am I going to do? Do I maintain faith and hope, even though can't really see any reason for it? Uh, I seem to be abandoned by God. Um, and, and what does it mean to maintain faith and hope? in the midst of abandonment. And of course, the truth is, is that none of us are ever actually abandoned by God. But we do all go through periods in which it certainly seems that way, and it certainly feels that way. And I've had that experience uh, multiple times in my life. And so this film is drawing upon that emotion, drawing upon those experiences, doing it in a fantastical way where we're dealing with multiple realities. But that's only because that gets us to an allegory, that gets us to metaphors, it gets us to ideas in a different way that invites more people to the table to discuss them. Um, that's the, what's so great about science fiction. When you think about Star Trek, Star Trek is especially good at this, tackling social issues, but doing it in a sci-fi way so that people across the political spectrum can come and enjoy them and discuss them. And I just see the shift as doing the same thing, but with faith. And with with the human experience, even if you're not a believer, you're going to be able to come to this film and tap into the very real human experience that Kevin is having, uh, because what he is struggling with depression and and violence and and, you know, um, the and loss. These are things that are common to everyone. And the movie is not so um, uh, didactic or, or, or it's not preachy. That, that you're going to feel like you're, you're being pushed out of it. It's, it's a film that approaches all of these topics with a, with, in a way that, that everybody can come and enjoy and discuss. Yeah. I saw it too, not only just about Joe, but I know the, um, the LDS cosmology of there are these multiple worlds that exist, mm -hmm. uh, you know, outside of this world and there are multiple worlds. And if I, you know, as I uh, do my best on this earth to, to honor God, to, you know, then I can become a, you know, a God or goddess of that world. So, I mean, I thought it was interesting too, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a, a podcast about how our faith inf influences our, our films and how we use that. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, was that a part as well of, of the allegory as well of the, the multiple worlds that exist out there in you? Cause I mean, I saw that in the film. I went, Oh, that's kind of an allegory for that as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it was so much that. I mean, you know, it's one of those things within within the LDS belief system where, yes, we do believe that that God has created multiple worlds. We don't really know anything about them beyond that. Um, and of course, when we look out into the heavens, into the galaxy, we can see there are multiple worlds out there, and and who's on them, and who knows. And certainly, you know, recently there's there's been a lot of discussion about that just just within you know just within the culture and the news. Um, so it's one of those things where, yes, I mean, look, I, I very much am somebody who believes that, um, and, and look, this is scriptural. This is right there in the new Testament. There's a lot of things that Christ said and did that we don't have any record of at all. There's, there's a lot of dealings with a man that God has had that we don't know about. Um, there's a lot more for us to discover and, and to learn. So the God that I believe in is, is not very limited. You know, he's certainly not limited by, by my understanding. 
Um, and I think that there is so much for us to learn after this life. I look forward to that. Um, and I, and I, yeah, I, I think, I think deeply about how does this all work? How does the universe work? How does, how does science, um, interact with faith? How does science, what does science teach us about God? You know, I believe that God, you know, he is somebody who, um, understands the rules of the universe and understands science in a way that our greatest scientists will never understand to the point where it could look like magic to them. Um, certainly that's how miracles can feel. So, you know, for me, this film and, and, and the science fiction at all of it all, I, I find science fiction to be mind expanding. I find faith to be mind expanding. It teaches me, both things teach me about the nature of this universe and what God has in store for us. Yeah, and I that's, can tell. that's yeah, what I hope can, the experience is that people have with the shift is that it feels mind expanding. And you can, you can tell that by watching the film that you're, you're, you're thinking, you know, you're yeah. thinking and, and, and questioning. So, I mean, do you think the, the multiple worlds are those, do you, you know, you think those are multiple realities, you know, are they like in a different time, yeah. time space continuum than the time space continuum we're on, you know? I mean, how, right, you know, because right. it's, it's interesting to think about. No, it is interesting to think about. And and I always give the same answer to this question, which is I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I really don't. I, I don't know if it's multiple realities. I mean, certainly with string theory and things like that, you know, there are there are some really solid theories about how all this stuff is real. And that, yeah, you know, every decision you make, there's somewhere else. There's some some other you somewhere in some other universe that made a different decision and that our choices do influence you know, the existence of different and multiple realities. Is any of that true? I have no idea. I am not a scientist. I'm just fascinated by the exploration of these ideas and what they can what they can do for us in the stories that we tell um, and how we tell them. That's really where my where my focus is. And so I and this isn't a dodge. Like I legitimately have no idea. Um but but it's fascinating to me and it's and it's and it's worthy of thinking about an exploration, I think. So I thought too what was fascinating um I'd heard, you know, some terrible tragedy in your own life mm -hmm. uh, that had led to, I would, I would imagine informing this film and connecting with Job and wondering what else is out there. You know, could there be a world right. where this doesn't exist? But um, I heard that your father was shot at a, uh, uh, what, what store was it? Was it a pawn shop? Uh, it was his it was his gun store. So he his, he sold firearms. And so and he yeah, was he was, was shot was and injured store. when you were mm -hmm. twelve, recovered. Right. Yep, he was his, shot thirteen times and recovered. Mm -hmm. And then again at yeah. nineteen, he was shot again and then yeah. died. Yeah. And then also you said one of your daughters has uh some disabilities. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's got some pretty pretty significant disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah. the um the heaviness of that. How did that infect how did that in you know impact the writing of this film? Uh, in a, in a huge way. In a huge way. I, I yeah, I mean these these things that we passed through um you know with my daughter with my with my father these were these I I associate both things with very dark moments of my life. Obviously my father being murdered that's that's not a light thing. My daughter, who I love dearly, um, you know, finding out that she had these difficulties, that was a dark day. It was um, because I, we didn't know what that meant. We didn't know how our lives were going to change. 
um, for 18 years, it was only it was only last year that we found out what her actual diagnosis is, you know, living in that limbo, not even knowing how long she's going to live or what we can expect day to day and how she's going to progress. When you don't have a diagnosis, you don't know these things. So I've passed through moments like Job. But when I look back, when I look back at the death of my father and I think about the mercy and forgiveness that that became available to me in that moment, when I think about how I was able to forgive the men who who killed him, how I have never felt anger towards them since the night that he died. When I think about my daughter and I think about the light that she has brought to us. And I think about how um, she's one of the most important people in the whole world for me. Um, I cannot help but associate darkness with light. I cannot help but look at darkness and appreciate what it is able to do for me in my life and in my understanding of God and his love. Um, I would not reach those understandings without passing through that kind of darkness. So this world is not set up for us to be comfortable. It is set up for discomfort. And within that discomfort, the, the design is, is that we reach to God and that when we reach to him, he will reach back and he will pull us up. And when he does that, we will experience the love and a light that is unlike anything that we can otherwise experience. It's just, it's just necessary. It's just necessary to pass through difficulty to receive a light that's brighter than we can imagine. And the film, if it rounds up on any idea at all, and I think it rounds up on several ideas, it rounds up on that idea that, that this is all worth it, that the suffering has a purpose, that, that this trial and this tribulation that we pass through has a reason to it. And, and it's a good one. And it's worth exploring and it's worth understanding and it's worth realizing that you are not passing through whatever your difficulty is. You're not passing through it for no reason. There is a, there is a good reason for it and, um, and, and a greater happiness, greater, not, not, not a restoration of the happiness you had before, but a greater happiness than you even had before this terrible thing, whatever that is happened, greater happiness lies for you on the other side of that. I, I, I know, I not only believe that I've experienced that. I know that. And this film was born out of that idea. And I just want to encourage you to, you know, Christ as God uh, took and bore our sins and he bore our griefs mm -hmm. and that he does, um, you know, he took that upon himself and that so that we can spend eternity with him you know mm -hmm. and so that it is it's a it's a beautiful thing what christ has done for us that he's taken our sins taken that suffering taken the darkness that this is full of this world and you know i just want to encourage you i know you've had uh challenges terrible terrible tragedies in your life very hard and and then birthing this film i can only imagine yeah. the times that were so difficult and so hard, you know, yeah. uh, probably tears hard. <laughs> very, oh yeah. A very, lot of them. A very lot of difficult. Them. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, but God is, is, is birthing something here, doing something new. And, uh, you know, I really do encourage you to, to look to Christ, you know, who took this upon himself so that we could spend eternity with him. And, um, that's the beautiful truth of the gospel, that God loved you that much, that he did the work for you because, you know, as Ephesians says, our work, Ephesians 2, we can't, we can't get there 
we can't do it on our works. We won't make it that way. Right. We have to have right. him do it because right. he's perfect. He's God. He He's the only one whose mm-hmm. work can, can be uh, accepted by God because mine is, is imperfect. And uh, right. anyway, I, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, so much you taking time with us today and talking about your film. We're talking about the shift in theaters December 1st. Brock, where can people uh, go to find out more about the film? Yeah, so you're going to head to angel.com slash the shift. Uh, you can see the trailer there. You can see who our cast is and you can see what showtimes are available near you. This is a wide release across the country and, and Canada. Um, and so it should not be too far from wherever you're at. Do you know how many, do you know how many screens uh, are booked? As of now, uh, well, at this point, we're still we're still about a week and a half away from release, but I think we're basically right on two thousand screens at the moment. But it's That's climbing a big every release. day. That's a big, it's a big release. release. Yeah, is Angel doing the PNA as well? Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing the the PNA, and we've we've also we opened our fifth crowdfund was for PNA, so we have we had That's some people the marketing. Come in, that means uh, from, marketing, and yeah, yeah, getting yeah, it into right. theaters, and because that's costly, you know to. Oh, that's, it's that's as costly. costly to make the film, you know, sometimes pretty more. much, pretty much <laughs> sometimes more. So yeah, no, yeah. Angel's doing it and they're, and they're good at that. They're master marketers. So, um, so yes, they're on it. We got billboards up already. I'm sure people have already seen those and, um, and, and TV advertisements, the whole, the whole shebang. It's all happening. Come, yeah. Coming right after sound of freedom, you know, coming right on the heels of that. And wow. Yeah. You know, yeah, wow. Yeah. There's yeah, everyone's no, they, engaged. They know what they're every- doing. All, all the angel, all the people are engaged, they're excited. And so you're getting, yep. you're also getting the benefit of all that engagement and those people who are, mm-hmm. Hey, we love this angel studio stuff. Well, yeah, y'all buy tickets. Let's support that. You know, that's, that is great. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, what are your hopes for the film? Um, yeah, I mean, my hope is, is that people do see it obviously first and foremost. Um, but my, my hope is this isn't a movie that just leaves your brain the next day. You know, that this is something that you think about and ruminate on. And early reactions tell me that that's exactly what's happening. You know, I I don't like the movies where I, I get out of it and I turn to the person next to me and I say, what are you hungry for? You know, I like the movies that I get out of it and, and I've got something to chew on and, and it prompts discussions. Um, but, but I don't want it to sound like it's medicine either. We also, first and foremost, this was our priority on this film was, was entertainment. If you're not making an entertaining film, none of the rest of it matters. And so... I just I hope people can come and have a have a great time with it, um, regardless of how they respond. Um, you know, I think I think there's a great time to be had at the movies, and you know, and and, and not not to say it too loudly, but in a in a, in a world of of sequels and franchises, uh, this is a, this is an original. This is something unique. This is something that isn't based on a, on a book or or anything. Even it's it's its own thing, and I think audiences are ready for that. I think we've seen that this year. It's been rewarded when when they're faced with new and original stories. And if that's what you're looking for, well, we've we've got it for you on December first. First time writer, first time director to two thousand screens. I mean, I don't know yeah. how many how many people can say that, right? Yeah, not, I mean, not I don't many. know. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. there's anybody. I don't know if anybody can say, yeah, first time writer, first time director, 2000 screens. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So you might be a one it's... of a kind, Brock. You might be the trailblazer. <laughs> Something new. Well, it's uh <laughs> it's it's yeah, I feel I feel pretty fortunate. I I uh, I'm very very grateful that Angel has this kind of faith in this movie. Yeah, 100%. Angel Studios they're they're like the 
the only game in town right now. I mean, they are the only ones who figured out how to be profitable with, you know, faith films, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so they've, they've got it down. Oh man. What a, you know, the fact that you're there right after sound of freedom, my goodness, you know, it's worth the, you know, it's probably going to be worth the eight year wait, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i sure hope so i sure hope so i, hope so. I, I believe so i i i have i have faith well hey i'm late for another one all right thank you Brock, uh, for, for my your next time. interview so i need to get going thank you so much rick i really appreciate it it's a great discussion i wish we could have kept going all right thank you brock talk to you soon appreciate right. your time thank you uh-huh bye thanks for listening today be sure to subscribe to the show and like us hey would you tell a friend about the show that would really help us out You can find out more by going to faithfilmfan.com. That's faithfilmfan.com. I'm your host, Rick Altizer. We'll be back soon for another episode of the Faith Film Fan Podcast.